right. Hey, everyone. This is Matt from The Matt Report, and this is the show where I interview folks who make a living using WordPress. And today I am delighted to have my good friend, John Nemo, on the show. John, how are you? Very good. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. So, John, you're a web marketer. You're building a niche business. You're not a typical WordPress designer or developer. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and, and give folks the insight uh, of the journey you've taken using WordPress? Right. Yeah, I would say to begin with, I'm not a typical user like you mentioned. I'm kind of a was a WordPress idiot, frankly. <laughs> uh, started out, my background is in PR and marketing and journalism. And so I recently, about six months ago, opened up my own marketing agency, Nemo Media Group. Have a real niche line of business, marketing mostly to debt collection agencies, financial service companies. Uh, the biggest line of business that we do is website building. And so literally what happened was, when I started, I needed to figure out how to build websites. <laughs> and so I had used WordPress.com, dipped my toes in, knew enough, was intimidated by WordPress.org, didn't know anything about it, just sounded complicated, uh, despite the promise of a five-minute install and all that stuff. Uh, but what I found was once we got through that first project, that first site, uh, working with a fabulous studio out of Boston that Matt's familiar with, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, uh, I love it. I'm totally in. I'm addicted. I love building the sites. The plugins to me are the biggest uh, benefit, the biggest draw for me when I use it. Nice. Did you have uh, an aha moment when uh, you first started using WordPress or when you discovered WordPress and said, you know what, I think I can use this to leverage uh, for my business and, and, and create a, a service out of this? Definitely. Once I saw, again, moving from the little knowledge I had previously with WordPress.com, kind of the plug-in templates where you can't really change anything. Once I got into WordPress.org, I had no idea about the whole ecosystem out there of developers, designers, uh, people that offer 50, 100 different templates, uh, plugins, all these things that made my life so much easier. That was the aha moment when I thought, well, how am I going to deal with SEO and coding every page? And I don't know how to do that. Well, there's a plug-in all-in-one SEO, you know, or... <laughs> How do I make a mobile site? I don't know the first thing about mobile. Well, there's all kinds of you know different ones. The one I like best right now is uh, Doodle, Duda Mobile, D-U-D-A, Duda Mobile. But that's been a great one. That's a vendor that we use now for three or four different sites. Uh, just being able to customize, too, has been huge. And so it's great because the clients, especially this industry with debt collection, aren't very familiar. Most of them, frankly, haven't updated their websites since about 1998. <laughs> Literally. Yep. I mean, it's bad. Yep. And so... When we're able to bring a fresh kind of custom branded, custom made WordPress site with all the bells and whistles and plugins, it really dazzles them. And for me as a creative type, I like the fact that WordPress is kind of like the world's biggest sandbox. It's always changing. There's always new toys being dumped in and there's no limits really on what you can do. Nice. Um, going back to that aha moment, do you remember your very first WordPress website? Was it your own? Was it a blog maybe you were playing around with? How did that go? <laughs> yeah, it was mine. It was Nemo Media Group, uh, dot com, And I remember picking a template um, and starting to play with it and putting in hours upon hours learning WordPress. And I think the only way to really learn it is just to use it, obviously. Um, and for your, your audience, it's like, well, no duh. It's probably hard to remember what it was like not knowing all the shortcuts and tricks. Um, but really, 
the ability, the creativity that I was able to put into that site, especially compared to like the typical WordPress.com or, you know, other blog software that I'd used, you know, other like, you know, build your own site kind of templates that are so limited. It was like moving from a Mazda to a Mercedes as far as options. It was kind of like building my own car. And it was a great project to use because it was my site, it was my content. And it's to this day the site that people say, well, I saw your site. That's really cool. I want you to build ours. You know, and so we're nice. still refining it, obviously, but it's, uh, it's what started it all. Nice. So in the beginnings, um, were you overwhelmed? Were you excited to start jumping into this stuff? And in either answer to that, where were you going to find uh, how to put stuff together? Were you following other thought leaders on Twitter? Were you, you know, subscribing to RSS feeds? What was your, uh, you know, kind of uh, ingredient list for that? It was definitely overwhelming at first. Uh, and so I spent a lot of time on Google, you know, researching. Uh, but even that would lead to so many different blog posts, so many different ideas. Uh, I really actually reached out to you, chief among a lot of people on Twitter, uh, to your studio, got a lot of great advice. Uh, again, what helped me was having a network of people I knew in the world of WordPress so that I could just make a phone call or a tweet and say, hey, what's a good plug-in for social media sharing? And you're like, dig, dig. I'm like, yay, okay. You know, <laughs> quickly, you just saved me half an hour of testing trial and error because at first, I would do that with a lot of plugins. I would trial and error and how does it look on the side and that just was so time consuming and I think the real value that you guys, the developers, offer is the ability to short circuit that, to shortcut, to say, I've tested all the plugins for a mobile site. Here's why Doodle Mobile is fantastic for what you need. Mm -hmm. Or for social media sharing, you know, here's a way to, you know, throw in dig dig. Or for example, I had a problem the other day where I create um, client pages where I want to put up a video or a project for a client to review, but I don't want the world to see it and I don't want Google to index it. And I didn't know how to do coding, and I was searching online how to just put in some HTML. And I finally asked um, Scott at your studio how to do it, and he immediately knew. Oh, there's a there's a plugin, uh, no index, no follow. Threw it in, boom, five minutes. You know, it was done. And now every site I have, I throw that on. So, nice. uh, you know, smart people like you guys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, when I talk to designers and developers, and um, interviewing them on the show their their advice is to other designers or developers jump right in start you know tweaking some of the code start messing with the css so you can kind of learn how to use it in our case as you know marketers and and professionals who are using this even professional bloggers you know i'd probably say it's safe to say make those connections online and don't f be feel afraid to to ask those questions what's the best social plugin you know uh, i want to tweet out my links you know, what are you guys using? Because there, there's, like you said, it's a sandbox with a ton of toys. Some of them suck. <laughs> Some of the right. toys suck. And, um, but we want to make sure that we can, you know, find the good stuff. Um, so definitely, definitely reach out to others. Yeah, that's been huge. That's, I think that WordPress, the neat thing about it, I know you're involved with some of those different camps, word camps and things like that and meetups. And I like the fact that there's this whole community of users now that want to share, that want to have best practices, best ideas. Because for a marketing guy like me running a business, yeah, I'm selling websites, but I don't have time to be up to speed on every WordPress update or every new plugin. But if I cultivate a good group of contacts uh, who can give me the heads up or I find a few key bloggers, 
to follow, then I'm ahead of the game and that helps my clients ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and we are important, John, us marketers, us business guys, gals, we are important. Uh, don't let the developers tell you any different. Um, you know, one, you one, one of the, uh, you know, I interviewed two other developers earlier today and they both expressed very passionate, very vocal, very, uh, you know, outgoing folks, individuals, but they say that they're introverts, right? So they don't like that. They don't seek that attention until somebody maybe asks them a question or asks them to ask them to speak. But you and I, our you know, our uh, talent is business development, connecting, getting out there, making sales. So we know what it's like to have to do the cold call to get the door slammed in our faces. Um, and I think that we're important people in the whole WordPress ecosystem. Because we can help spread the use of WordPress and cultivate business uh, using the software. Right. Um, yeah. Think of affiliate marketing, too, with some of these plugins, right? I mean, the fact that, like, for instance, with, with your platform, Matt, you're following your ability to market to guys like me, frankly. Because if you tell me a Word a WordPress plugin works really well, I'm going to go buy it. And, I mean, or I'm going to sign up for the monthly fee or whatever it is. And so... Just for folks like us, if we put that time in to learn this stuff, there is, I think, payback with the affiliate marketing and the ability to go through your blog or your site to sign on. And Not that you're going to make a living off it, but um, it's a nice way to get compensated for your knowledge. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get into the part that we are good at, the freelancing and running a business. Um, this is where a lot of my audience you know, could use some help in. They're freelancers and they need to grow their business. Um, right now, some of them are you know, picking up as, as many WordPress sites and projects as they possibly can, maybe not raising the bar of their prices and you know, kind of stuck in the what I call the $500 club uh, where they're stuck selling the small you know, few hundred dollar sites. Um, so what's your daily routine for business? Is it sitting at the computer, checking email, running through notes? How do you get your day started? Yeah, I would say definitely I live on LinkedIn. That's where I, that's where my audience is hanging out, uh, my niche, my prospects. So I spend a ton of time cultivating uh, my network, frankly. You know, so email, LinkedIn, really just staying in front of people. And I think the best way, if you're running a business, especially you know if you're a WordPress developer, website builder, you have a ton of competition. And so, like anything else, I think you've got to find a niche rather than try to be everything to everybody and chase you know every car. That, don't be like the dog that chases cars in your yeah. neighborhood. Right? Yep. <laughs> you know, pick the car to chase and chase it all the way to the gas station. Yeah. Like, you know? I think that's what I learned opening a marketing agency was I actually talked to your guy, John Morgan. Um, yep. I know you built his site, Brand Against the Machine Fame, and uh, I loved his book, and that was my Bible, my blueprint for starting my business. And I actually took that offline and paid him to consult with me uh, for a couple hours uh, to really help me get a business plan. And the biggest thing I took out of what he said was, you can't be everything to everybody because you're going to be spread too thin. You're not going to be able to be an expert to every different niche, even with social media marketing. You can't possibly master every single channel for every single audience in every single industry. You know, So I really narrowed my focus, and it's made me a lot more money. It's made my life a lot more manageable because I only have to stay abreast of one industry, stay in the latest loop, and know how to apply social media, WordPress, etc. to that industry. So my advice to a WordPress developer out there would be pick an industry that you love. Pick a hobby that you love. Is it 
photography? Is it something? Then go market to that audience, right? If you love photography and working with photographers and beautiful art, then market uh, photography sites on WordPress. Be the best at that. Make that your niche, you know, and rather than trying to build one for IBM and one for a photographer and one for a garbage collection company, because they all have different needs, right? And clients want it to be all about them. You know, when I call uh, Slocum Design Studio, I want to feel like I'm the only client. I'd like, oh yeah, we've been thinking about you all day. <laughs> so it's the same approach with your clients. You know, with my clients that I work with, uh, they need to feel that, and I think they can't feel that if I'm trying to do 20 different industries. You know, because I'm not going to know about the latest news article or blog post that they're that they care about. So yeah. that would be best advice. Yeah. Um, that's great advice. And one of my past interviews was Brian Castle, and he started a site called Restaurant Engine. And it's a WordPress site where you can go and load up uh, restaurant websites built on WordPress. Um, it's strictly just for restaurants. Um, he had a lot of restaurant clients. He saw the need. Uh, and now he markets and positions that product uh, you know, towards that audience. So it's, it's great. Um, starting out, and like for the folks who are starting out, and trying to find that niche, <clears throat> that niche product, how did you deal or how do you deal with the, you know, that $500 client, the client that says, I only want to pay this. Can you do it at this price? You know, uh, you know what, what's your thoughts on that client who's only geared towards price and not value? Right. And I have to quote John Morgan again on this, the branding is a machine. I can't recommend that book enough for anybody that's in business, period, but especially if you're into marketing or trying to sell a product or service. Uh, as he says, there's always somebody willing to go out of business quicker than you. So if you negotiate only on price, uh, you're going to lose that client. They came to you on price, they're going to leave you on price. My big thing is I try to sell value, right? So what I say is uh, we're not a Mazda dealership, we're a Mercedes dealership. We're not the cheapest. You can get a website far cheaper than through Nemo Media Group. You know, I just got off a call with a client today uh, who he said, yeah, I have a friend that does websites in Dallas. They charge fifty thousand for their cheapest website. I mean, holy crap! That that thing better like sing and dance and like eat coffee in the morning. You know, I could never charge that. That's insane, right? But they can because they only do certain amount of websites. They have a certain niche. They have a certain clientele, and they have their ability then to have the creativity and the the special custom builds. You know, so great, good for them. But that's their niche, and that's a value proposition. I think. I tend to, at, being a startup, my big weakness is I want to say yes to any and all business because, geez, I got to feed my kids, right? You know, uh, I want to just please everybody. But what I've learned very quickly is uh, I want to negotiate on value and not on price because I'm willing to wheel and deal a little bit. But at the end of the day, if somebody's only concerned about price, then they're not going to stay with you long term. And you're not going to be happy with the end result because you're not going to be getting paid enough to justify what you're doing. Right, right. Yeah, I know it's 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 absolutely you know dead on. And um, my last interview today, we talked about red flags with clients. As soon as they say, "Well, what's you know what's your hourly rate?" You know, I just want to get down to your hourly rate, and then you know how long do you think a project's going to take? And then they kind of just max out the, uh, or they just kind of look at the bottom line of hours. Uh, you know, where he said, "Well, I, I would charge you a hundred hours, or I could charge you fifty hours at the different price, the same price when it comes out." However, you want me to pitch it to you. So, um, yeah, there's definitely some red flags that pop up. Um, 
And it's funny, I, I brought up a red flag uh, client that was su- supposed to have a meeting uh, with me tomorrow. And based on when he called in, I already knew there was red flags like, I want to get this up as soon as possible. And oh, by the way, I want to be on the first page of Google when we get it up, like literally word for word. And I already knew what I was going into. Um, so I sent an email uh, after we had the phone call to just kind of outline like budgets and time frames and, you know, minimum is like 45 days to get something out, that kind of thing from the ground up. And, uh, you know, some of our budget, uh, budget projects and, and, and the price tag that went along with that particular project. And about an hour ago, his secretary called in and said that he wasn't going to be able to make the meeting, uh, but he'll, you know, reschedule with me. So I kind of already know where that, that one's going. So right. check out right. for those red flags. Um, Aside from finding that niche, uh, can you share anything else that really works for your business that you think uh, other freelancers or those startups can can benefit from? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is uh, one of the other books that I've based my whole business on is the Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you haven't read that, I mean, it was written in, I think, 1929 or something like that. It's still relevant today because people don't change. I think the biggest thing I have found is uh, you have to talk to people about what they want, what's in it for me, what's in it for them. Uh, when I first started marketing my business, it was all about John Nemo and my background and why I'm really good and qualified and all the success and awards. You know, nobody cares. <laughs> what are you going to do for me, man? I can make me money, Nemo. Like, the, I deal with bottom line debt collectors. These guys collect money for a living. They count pennies for a living. I don't care about your fancy journalism background. Like, dude, how are you going to make me money and get me clients? Once I switched my my marketing prism and started saying, okay, here's how I'm going to make debt collection agency X more money and bring you more clients. I'm going to use these tools that I've learned. Then they're all ears. So I think that's the big thing. The other advice I would give you is to do, frankly, what you did with me, Matt. When you got me as a client, you just treated me like a human being. You were helpful. You weren't pushy. You would interact with me just out of the blue, um, friendly, and you demonstrated thought leadership. So I knew when I needed a WordPress guy or a hosting company or a developer, oh, yeah, I know that guy Matt for Twitter. I'll give him a shout. You know, And so even my favorite story is send it in Jerome. Um, I have a client out in Delaware. Uh, one of the things I do with LinkedIn when I go prospecting is I look at people's LinkedIn profiles and I try to gather a little bit of info about who they are personally, what are their interests and hobbies. This guy went to the University of Pittsburgh in the early 1980s and I'm a huge sports fan so I knew, oh, Pitt, early 80s, that was Dan Marino, you know, was there at the time and um, so my first email to the guy after we connected on LinkedIn was, hey, I saw you went to Pitt, early 80s, man, those are some good football teams, Dan Marino, and he's like, Dan Marino, he recruited me, I played football there. <laughs> Next thing you know, he wants to talk pit football for half an hour. That got him on the phone, right? We had a friendly exchange. The next thing, uh, I ran across a YouTube clip of this famous dunk. Uh, Jerome Lane played for Pittsburgh in the mid to late 80s, and he uh, famously dunked a ball during a game, and it broke the backboard, shattered the glass, and Bill Rafferty, the famous CBS commentator, did did his line, send it in, Jerome! I found the YouTube clip and I thought, I'm going to send it to this prospect. He'll get a kick out of it. He's a pit guy. And of course, he went bananas and loved it. And, you know, just it took me 30 seconds to send it to him from YouTube. Well, I just closed a huge deal with him, you know, um, probably 20 grand worth of marketing services. And at the end of the call, he goes, You know what closed it for me, Nemo, was send it in Jerome. (laughs) Really? Yeah. 
just, I like working with you. You're a fun guy, you yeah. know? And, and that's, sometimes it's as simple as that. Um, so I think rather than just trying to spam people with marketing offers that are kind of shooting out of a megaphone, try to listen a little bit, engage them, talk about what they're interested in, talk about uh, what they're passionate about, and then how you can solve a problem, fit a need. Because we all like, we're all kind of self-centered and, you know, like to talk about ourselves and what our business is doing. And so if you want to pitch me as a vendor, pitch me about how you're going to get Nemo Media Group more clients and money. I'm all ears. And if you want to throw on some Minnesota Vikings trash talk, bring it. Like, I'd love it. <laughs> awesome. My blood up and I'll start talking smack and I'll go, hey, next time I need to do business, maybe I'll talk to him. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a, a, a talk about selling WordPress selling websites to, to at local events, the local WordCamp. I was recently interviewed on Freelance Jam about selling WordPress sites. And my background was growing up in the car industry and, and selling cars. Uh, my dad and I started this company about five years ago. And taking that background of having to literally walk up to people in the car lot, introduce yourself, shake hands, and then get the immediate, I'm just looking, you know, hand up in your face and, and, and please leave me. That's okay. I, I know how to deal with rejection now, but I, I think it's the same thing. I think folks really need to be a car salesman for a day or a week or some kind of sales uh, position. Um, so they're not just designers and developers where did that designers think that, Oh yeah, everybody's going to love my work. I'm a badass designer. You know, it's going to be so easy to sell. I mean, I can make awesome sites, but nobody cares. Or right. I'm a developer who can make your site, you know, dance and sing and do all this stuff, but nobody cares. It's it's their bottom line. So, how do you how do you pitch them and how do you stay up with them and and send them fun little quirky things like that? That's the stuff that is kind of missing when when they're in code or when they're in design and Photoshop all day. They just don't see that kind of interaction. So, that's good stuff. Um, I was going to say too. One of the other things is play off the competitive advantages. For example, in the industry that I service, the debt collection industry. They're a lot like junior high kids. They're hyper competitive and they're all kind of cutthroat businessmen. They all want to win, right? And so when I'm building a really cool new site or a new marketing tool for a debt collection agency, I'll send it to my other clients or prospects and go, look, this guy's kicking your butt. You see this? Well, wait a minute. How did he get that? I want one of those, right? So whether it's a mobile app or a new site, I like to, I'm a shameless self promoter. And so I always, and again, find an excuse to get in front of them without being pushy without having my hand out asking for money. Um, that's the key. It's just to have a friendly relationship, being able to just stay in front of them, but also being competitive going, hey, do you know about this latest trick or technique? Uh, the other guy that sent it in, Jerome guy, I gave him tons of free advice without ever asking for money because I knew from the beginning he's going to see the value. And he told me along with send it in, Jerome, that um, what sold him on me was he goes, I knew you uh, really – knew your stuff because you kept sending me emails uh, without anything attached saying, hey, do you know about this YouTube trick or this SEO trick or how to use LinkedIn and do this and that. And so by the time he wanted to spend money, he knew where to go. Nice. Nice. Uh, do you have any particular weakness that you can identify, but it's offset because of Word or the software WordPress uh, or its community? Um, is it something that WordPress does that you can be like, whew, finally, it's just kind of hands off. I can give this to the client and that solves a good chunk of them having to, to rely on me. Um, or does, or is there other, some other weakness that you look for in the, in the WordPress community to help you out? Definitely. Um, 
coding, uh, customizing is the big thing that I'm weak at. I mean, I'm not a developer, so I know enough, as they say, to be dangerous and to get in and do a basic WordPress site. Uh, I rely heavily on plugins, like that no index, no follow plugin, right? The fact that Scott found that for me saved me, I don't know, 100 hours of trying to learn how to <laughs> learn the workarounds, and the fact that Scott told me, well, you can't even put that code in with the WordPress format, blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't have worked. I'm like, oh, my God. I would have been an hour banging my head against the table going, why isn't this coding working? I copied it off a Google site. You yeah. know? <laughs> so I think where developers can really make their money uh, is with marketing guys like me is I know enough how to do a good site where you can really help me. Uh, where my weaknesses are is I don't know what the best plugins are, and I don't have time to do trial and error. And secondly, the custom solutions, right? The the custom design, the custom coding, uh, the tweaks, right? I can't count the number of times with the websites I'm making right now that I will come to your studio or whoever it might be and say, hey, the client just asked to have this crazy thing. They want an extra set of sliders on an interior page, and I don't know how the hell to do that, you know? And so that makes the developer more money because they can go, oh, I can code that, and it'll be this much, and for me, it solves a problem and it keeps the project momentum moving, doesn't ground the whole thing to a halt, and I'm willing to spend that money mm. because I'm already invested. I'm into your project. Uh, your customer service is great. I think that's another key thing is communication. I didn't get to say that earlier, but I think the biggest thing clients want that I want is I want you to listen to me and respond to me in a timely fashion. Uh, you know, like Jimmy John's, I want you freaky fast. You yeah. know, so I want to know that. Even if you can't solve the problem on the spot, that you just acknowledge my email or my call or my tweet. And then I feel like, okay, they're on it, they're listening, and then I'm off to my other stuff. Where I run into trouble with clients is if I don't respond. And then they think, well, he doesn't care about me because everyone thinks they're your only client. Yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah. thinks their email is the only email you've got. Yep. Uh, and, you know, when I'm juggling, sometimes all I can do is reply and go, hey, thanks, I'm on it, I'll be in touch. And that's enough to placate him for a day. So I think that's another big thing for developers too, because not a lot of developers are wired in that way to be real social and real, you know, gregarious. But even just an email to say, "Hey, thanks, got it. We're gonna look into this." That will placate me for 24 hours yeah. as your client, and yeah. you need that. So you can have a little breathing room. Yeah. And, and on the flip side, the the developers and designers who are going to the end user like like we are, and then that end user you know, famously, and I'll throw this out there, lawyers will take forever to respond to you um, and to get, you know, to make decisions. How do you handle that from the business, you know, being, you know, knowing business and, and dealing with business guys all day long? What are your tips and tactics to get the, the client to move? This is good because I got burned on this. Early on, uh, you know, when I started my business, I did mostly handshake agreements, right? Real simple one-page contracts, even for websites. And I got one, you know, client in particular um, that is just dragging and dragging and dragging. And so they're holding, basically holding me hostage for the second half of the project payment because the thing's not done. Well, it's not my end, it's just they're not approving stuff. So what I've learned is to build into the contract timelines to say, you know, we're going to deliver X by X. You're going to respond within, you know, 10 days. If you don't, this will happen, right? Or if we go over this deadline, there's a penalty of this. I mean, trying to kind of guard yourself a little bit. I mean, you can approach that on the front end by trying to know your clients really well and you can trust each other and you're friendly, but that's not always the case, especially if you get bigger and start getting clients all over that you don't know. I think loading your contracts up, not getting over the top with a bunch of lawyerese and legalese, but just building in some protections for you 
so that a couple of things won't happen. You won't get feature creep where the client goes, well, I wanted to add that too. Ah, could you put this in? I've got this one, my first web project I ever did. It's still not done. And it's been like nine months because they keep going, oh, let's add that. Well, I didn't put in the contract that they couldn't, right? Now I have in the contract, you know, you get this many revisions, you get this many features. Here's what we're putting in. If you don't do that, or if you want to go above and beyond that, it's an hourly fee. You know, if we go past this deadline, you're still paying me this much, this installment. So whether or not the, product, the site is done, you're paying me because I'll have my stuff delivered. If you don't respond and don't give me edits, that's on you, but I'm getting paid. You know, so I've learned that. I think that's the big thing is put that time into the front end of the contract. You're going to have to just put a lot of time in one time to create a good template, a good contract, but that'll save you a lot of headache and money, frankly, down yeah. the line. Yeah, and, and and I think what you have on your side is your portfolio, and since they're all debt collectors, I'm sure you can I'm sure you can scare some new clients to say, "Hey, I, I know some people. I know some people that will come after you." Hey, yeah, yeah. That, well, the best part is trying to collect from debt collectors. I mean, oh, no, yeah. no, no, but um, you know, and it's you know, and it's not unusual across any industry. Um, I'm the same way, frankly, as a client where people have to harass me to get stuff done. You know. People will have to say, hey, you know, we need you to get your approval so we can put this custom build in on the WordPress site. Oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot. Thanks for nagging me. You know, and there's a fine art to politely nagging a client, you know, but I think the more you can be firm as far as deadlines and the more you can just say payment-wise, you know, I'm getting this much up front and after 90 days you're going to pay me this much, my work will be done within 90 days. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of is how it can work. Nice. Uh, so let's kind of talk about WordPress as it is. Um, what's your one, I've already, my first question is, uh, what is it about WordPress that enables you to make a living using it? I think I've kind of already hit upon that. Um, so what's your one gripe about WordPress and how do you think it can be improved? Yeah, I would like to see a better way with, I've run into issues with the themes that we use, like third-party themes, whether it's elegant themes or, and we've talked about this offline, but just trying to figure out a way with when you bring in a theme, whether it's from you know some of the well-known companies or some of the lesser-known companies, how is how is it that we can't update these themes? You know, without unless it stays within the WordPress framework. So maybe would love to see more themes available from WordPress, more premium themes that can be customized yet be updated for technical fixes or glitches or bugs. I don't know exactly how that works. That's my only real gripe. Um, Otherwise, you know, it'd be nice to have support, maybe a little more human interaction, you know, rather than just forums. But um, the way I've worked around that is knowing people like you, yeah. <laughs> yep. finding a community of users. And I think that was kind of the vision of WordPress to begin with, if I'm not mistaken, was, hey, let's all take this. Let's all run with it. We all own it in a sense, you know, um, let's all improve it and tweak it. So overall, though, I, I think it's a great model. And you know, I'll never design on anything else. Yep. Uh, frankly, it's just it works really well. Uh, so the audience knows what uh, frameworks, themes, and maybe premium plugins are you that you're using, so they can get a feel for that. Yeah, the themes that I have liked, I've looked a lot. I like Elegant Themes. Um, I think it's ElegantThemes.com. Their customer service is tough because it's like a lot of people, it's like forums, you post a message and a day or two later they respond with some string of code like, and it's like these Russian guys, you know, with cigarettes in their mouth. On their <laughs> it's like sexy, put in code here, you know, like, I mean, it's not like, 
it's not the ideal customer service model, but their themes are really cool. Yeah. Um, and I then end up paying a developer to tweak those for me, right, and then do custom builds and add-ons. Um, so I like elegant themes. I've looked at everybody else's, and I just those are the ones that resonate best with me visually as a marketing guy. Uh, plugins, I love the all-in-one SEO pack. I love the Duda Mobile. I think that one's really cool for iPhones with all the features. It's like ten bucks a month, you know, per site. But um, clients go bananas for it. They love it. I like that it has measurables. You can see how many times somebody clicks to call or you know uses the different buttons or features. That's a really good one. Uh, I like the slick contact forms, the one that kind of floats and then yep. just opens up and closes. That's that's really elegant. I went through a lot of contact forms before I found one that I liked. That was a lot of trial and error. Uh, I like Dig Dig a lot. I think that looks really nice for social media sharing. I've found that I can't live without the Jetpack, the WordPress.com Jetpack plugin. Just it's so for a novice like me, it's so nice to have everything in one place as far as commenting and widgets and social media plugins and all kinds of things. Those are kind of my bread and butter. I also Easy Video Player for video. Yep. I really like those guys. Um, you can do a lot of really good sales and marketing stuff with their software that you can't with YouTube. Uh, it's cleaner. It's branded. You can do all kinds of um, tricks. It's a little expensive as far as the monthly fee. I think it's 37 bucks, and you got to pay a couple hundred bucks up front. But for somebody like me that does multiple sites with multiple video uh, and doing a lot of client videos and sales videos and marketing videos, it's a must-have. Uh, I think YouTube's getting better, frankly, as yeah. far as their functionality yep. and things and watermarks and branding and logos and um, but you know it's still YouTube so yep. there's a bunch of junk that comes with it but um, that would probably be the my top plugins nice um, so for the theme designer out there or developer what sells you on elegant themes is it is it simply the looks or is it the function or is it the combination of both and do you ever look at a theme? and say, you know, this is the perfect fit for every client and I just need to kind of tweak some things for each individual client? Or would you say looking into a different theme for each client is, is the, the way you've been going? What I do, I, what I like <clears throat> about Alex themes is first just the look. Yeah, it's very eye-catching, very eye-pleasing. Uh, and then the functionality on some of their themes really is cool as far as... Um, well, I can't remember the name, but we've got one. The website is debtmds.com, and we used an elegant theme where the uh, it's kind of like the uh, jack-in-the-box where it pops open. You know, the sliders pop up into the screen and then spread out. It's, it's just neat functionality. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as how I go about picking themes for clients, what we try to do, you know, we've got 70 or 80 themes on elegant themes that we subscribe to and buy. What I'll do is try to narrow that down, depending on the client, the line of business they're in, what they're looking for. Is it medical? Is it education? Is it government-related debt they collect? You know, try to pick some, and then we'll customize it. But what I've found is they start to pick the same themes, which is interesting. Um, I would love to see a developer come cater to me and say, all I do is financial services themes. All I do, debt collection agencies, banks, credit card companies, uh, that's a gazillion dollar industry, by the way. <laughs> so there's a lot of money to be made. Um, one of the problems with elegant themes, like everyone, is they're trying to be everything to everybody. So they've got like 10 business themes, 10 sports themes, 10 gardening themes. If, if I'm a smart WordPress developer, 
uh, I'm going to pick one niche, one line of business and say, all I'm doing is photography themes, 100 different themes, right? Or all I'm going to do is financial services, 100 different themes. I would pay for that in a heartbeat. I would pay a lot of money for that because you would make my job so much easier. Right now, I'm really working within 10 different themes of elegant themes that work enough to tweak for debt collectors. Man, if I had 100 that were all centered on financial um, services, I'd go crazy. I'd spend whatever it takes because that would make my job easier and make me more money. So again, that's the niche idea versus trying to open up a WordPress developer or website service and go, we'll just make anything anyone wants. You right. know, like it's just is it's hard to scale. Nice. All right. Good answer. That's a great answer. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your experience, if any, with the WordPress community? So either going to like WordCamps or WordPress meetups or posting on the forums. Did you ever feel like uh, you know it was it was giving you the the answers you needed? Were the were the folks helpful, or did you have uh, any issues interacting with the community as much as they promote it as the foundation of all this? Yeah, no, I haven't had to use it much. I mean, I haven't been in any word camps or done that. I have posted on some forums looking for help, uh, and so when it's not my Russian friends with the cigarettes dangling out of their mouths, you know, um, writing in broken English, but. Um, you do sense camaraderie around it, and you know I've really used a lot of the WordPress forums to get my questions answered. And you can see the exchanges. You know, people generally want to help each other, and it's like anything. I think the passion around it is real, and so what you see is people that genuinely want to see you do a cool thing with your site. And so I like that about it. Um, I can see why people enjoy it. It is so much fun to use. So for someone like me that. Maybe I think, well, that might be too out there, too nerdy for me, or too, you know, meta, whatever. <laughs> I can come in without being able to speak the same language and still get the answers I need and not feel like an idiot. So uh, I, I do like the community. Nice, nice. All right. So we're going to go into the lightning round and I'm going to ask you a series of quick questions. Uh, and hopefully you'll have some quick answers to go along with them. I think I already heard this one, but what is the one plugin you cannot live without? Uh, I'm going to go Duda Mobile. Oh, I thought you were going to go Jetpack. Well, Jetpack. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> you just <laughs> go Jetpack. All right. right. <laughs> um, the best business or career career advice you've ever received? Uh, don't do something you hate. Nice. Uh, the longest client project has taken? Nine months in county, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? <sighs> There isn't any. I don't even want to think about that. It's a nightmare. <laughs> That's what everyone says. That's DEFCON 5. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go there. Uh, who should I interview next? Ooh, John Morgan. I just talked to him today. I knew it. Um, awesome. Uh, is there any quote uh, that you kind of live by or run with every day? Yes. Uh, what's in it for me? I always try to that and clients are like family. You got to treat I have to treat my clients like they're family members. Give them that respect, that attention. Otherwise, I lose them. Yep. Uh, people can sense pretty quick if you don't care about them and they move on. So, yeah, definitely always clients are family and what's in it for them. Every email I write, everything I post, why would they care? What's, well, how's it going to help them? Great, great answer. Uh, and last question, what's the one question I didn't ask you uh, that I should have? What are the Vikings going to do at quarterback? I want to know. What How are the Vikings going to do? Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's superhuman. 
They're killing me. And I hate the Patriots. I've hated them forever. And all you guys do is win. Uh, I'm so tired of it. Uh, it's tough. No. It's tough no. up here. <laughs> I, uh, I think you did a great job. You left no stone unturned. Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So uh, first I want to tell everyone to go on Twitter Thank John for doing the interview because it was great. And I think he gave everyone some awesome, awesome information and insight into running a business, especially diving into a niche business to help improve uh, your income, improve your lifestyle and all that good stuff. John, where can other folks find you uh, online and uh, anything else you want to promote or plug? Yeah, Twitter, just John Nemo PR. Uh, the website for our company, nemomediagroup.com. Hey, if you know any debt collectors, send them my way. Nice. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. When are you going to write a book? I've already written four. So uh, in my previous life, I wrote um, three novels and a nonfiction book back when I was a journalist. But um, I do want to do a book at some point, a business book, but uh, too busy right now. But you'll be my first interview. Don't worry. Brand against the machine. Get John in here. Start, you know, <laughs> throwing some karate moves at him. That's the- he's so good. I, I don't even want to try to compete with that guy. He's like the Zen master. I, uh, he's, he really knows his stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love talking business with people. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, awesome. All right, everyone, thanks for joining. Check out mattreport.com. Say thanks to John. Subscribe. We'll see you next time. Thanks.